A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I just want to make sure that you are aware that The Alarmist Live is just days away. Join us this Friday, October 23rd at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll be figuring out who's to blame for the notorious serial killer, Ed Gein. And announcing we have two very special guests, writer, director, actor, Bria Grant, as well as musician, composer, John Congleton, as well as our returning guest expert, Alyssa Smith. Now, you'll remember her from our Betty Broderick episode. She is a 20th century U.S. violence and crime researcher for the history department at the University of Chicago. She'll also be with us to help steer us in the right direction. And, you know, we want to get the verdict right. Tickets are name your price. So go ahead, go to houseseats.live and get your tickets now. We'll see you Friday. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today, we're discussing Vlad the Impaler. Now, most of us are familiar with the legend of Count Dracula, the blood-sucking vampire that was the title character of Bram Stoker's horror novel. But did you know that this mythical monster is actually based on a real-life historic figure? His name is Vlad III, or Vlad Dracula, but he's most commonly known by his nickname, Vlad the Impaler. As it turns out, no made-up vampire is scarier than the real Dracula. Here's what you need to know. Vlad III was born sometime around 1431 in the Principality of Valachia, a mountainous region in present-day Romania located right smack in the middle of two feuding powers, the Hungarian Empire and the Ottoman Empire. As a result, Wallachia was frequently the scene of bloody battles as the Ottomans pushed westward into Europe and the Hungarians held their turf. Vlad III's father, Vlad II, took over the Wallachian throne in 1436. Years earlier, he had been inducted into the Order of Dragons, a knight's order whose members were assigned by the Holy Roman Emperor. Vlad II had been given the surname Dracul, or Dragon in Romanian. 
As a child, Vlad III spent his formative years during his father's reign in the royal capital being educated in math, science, and horseback riding. Vlad III had an older brother, Prince Mercier, and a younger brother, Radu, along with a few other half-brothers. But Vlad III's time in Wallachia was interrupted in 1442 at the age of 11 when his father was summoned to a diplomatic meeting with the Ottoman Sultan Murad II. The Wallachian king brought along his two young sons, Vlad II and Radu. But the meeting was a trap, and all three were imprisoned. Vlad II was released after agreeing to leave his sons hostage, assuring his loyalty to the sultan. As a result, Vlad III and his younger brother Radu spent their adolescence sequestered inside the royal Ottoman court. They were tutored along with other children of Turkish nobility, including Sultan Murad's own son, Mehmed II. Although the brothers were treated fairly, Vlad did not take to his new environment and often rebelled. He was disciplined and occasionally imprisoned and tortured. It was also during this time that Vlad learned many of his future warfare techniques, as he would have witnessed the impalement of Ottoman enemies. In 1447, Vlad's father was captured and killed after Wallachia was invaded by a political rival named John Hunyadi. Vlad's older brother, Mircea, was also captured, blinded, and buried alive. Shortly after their death, Vlad was freed by the Ottomans, and with their help, he set off to regain the throne of his father. In 1448, Vlad III succeeded, but within a month of his first reign, Hunyadi's Hungarian troops returned, and Vlad was forced to flee to Moldavia, where he lived for the next three years under the protection of his uncle. After his uncle was assassinated in a coup, Vlad fled once again, this time to Transylvania, which was under Hunyadi's rule. It was an unconventional choice, as Hunyadi was responsible for the murder of his father and brother, and had helped oust Vlad just a few years ago from the throne. But things had changed for Hunyadi, who had had it with the Wallachian ruler that had been put into place, Vladislav II. Now, Hunyadi decided to support Vlad in his conquest for the throne. What a twist! In 1456, Vlad led an army into Wallachia, and he himself killed Vladislav II, his usurper, by beheading him in hand-to-hand combat. Vlad restored himself as ruler of Wallachia, and it was during this second reign that he would come to be known as Vlad the Impaler. To ensure that he maintained absolute power, Vlad ruled through terror, and anyone who dared cross him suffered the terrible death by impalement. No one was safe from the wrath of Vlad. Men and women, children and elders were all victims. Some accounts even describe babies impaled to their mother's chests. The bodies then remained displayed on stakes well after the corpses started rotting. Once in power, he imposed a strict moral code on his people. Those who were considered lazy had their hands cut off, and women who committed adultery or lost their virginity prior to marriage were mutilated, their breasts were cut off, and then impaled with the stake entering through the vagina. Vlad had a particular hatred for beggars and thieves, as he believed they were social leeches. 
One story claims that Vlad had as many beggars as they could rounded up, along with disabled residents of the city. He then threw a massive feast for them inside a wooden hall. Once they had eaten, he ordered the doors bolted and set the hall on fire. While many of the oral stories accounting for the atrocities of Vlad III were documented by his enemies, it is safe to say there's probably some truth to them as they all share a common sentiment. Vlad was ruthless. After the Ottoman Sultan Mehmed II came into power, he sent two envoys to Wallachia for the purpose of collecting tribute and solidifying their alliance. Vlad refused to pay and responded by torturing his men. Furious, the Sultan made it his personal mission to take down Vlad and replace him with his younger brother Radu, who was still living at the Ottoman court. But he underestimated Vlad's conniving war skills. Although Vlad's army was no sizable match for the massive Turkish army, Vlad used psychological warfare, like poisoning water supplies and covertly sending plague-infected soldiers to infiltrate their camps. Vlad had managed to hold on to his kingdom against the Ottomans. This led Mehmed II to gather an even bigger army of up to 400,000 men, and he himself set off to capture Vlad. Vlad got wind of his plans, and as the Ottoman soldiers pressed on the Wallachian capital, they found the city deserted. Instead, they were greeted by the Forest of the Impaled. Over 20,000 impaled Turkish sympathizers and captured troops, including women and children, were strategically displayed for the Turkish army. It's unclear if Mehmed II was horrified or impressed, but as a result, he and his army left Wallachia the next day. As you can expect, the fight wasn't over. On his way out of the city, Mehmed II left Vlad's brother Radu behind with a small army. Radu successfully challenged Vlad to the throne, and in 1462, Vlad was exiled and imprisoned in Hungary for 14 years. After Radu's death in 1476, Vlad made one last effort to reclaim the throne. He succeeded, but his triumph was short-lived. Though the facts surrounding his death vary, most scholars agree that after only two months into his third reign, Vlad was killed in a battle against the Ottomans. The Wallachian ruler was decapitated, and his head was brought back to Constantinople for Mehmed II and others to see that Vlad the Impaler had finally been slayed. <laughs> Fun facts, aka death stats. In total, Vlad is estimated to have killed about 80,000 people through various means. This includes over 23,000 people who were impaled and put on display, 5,000 beheadings, 10,000 burning at the stake, and at least one who was boiled alive and then cannibalized. On one occasion, Vlad reportedly dined among a veritable forest of defeated warriors, writhing on impaled poles. It is not known whether tales of Vlad III, Dracula, dipping his bread in the blood of his victims are true, but stories about his unspeakable sadism swirled throughout Europe. In modern Romanian, drac, which means dragon, also means devil. The shift in the word's meaning is believed to have happened during Vlad Dracula's hostile reign. Wow. 
us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hello, Rebecca. Fact checker Chris Smith. What up, what up? And our very, very special guest today is Betsy Sodaro. Hi, Betsy. Hi. <laughs> now, Betsy, <laughs> Betsy's the co-host of the podcast We Love Trash. That's Betsy, right. Betsy, tell, tell our listeners about it. So it's um it's a Patreon podcast where me and Mono Gapian kind of just celebrate everything that's trash and garbage <laughs> like TV, food, movies. We just lose our because we love we would rather watch like any Lifetime movie before any Oscar nominated movie, and so we just kind of celebrate all things trashy. And we have like a that. ranking system. We have a list of not trash stuff where we're like absolute like Santorini Greece is not trash. <laughs> and that's on our list. And so in our list of not trash stuff is like Is that the six only things. thing on your list? <laughs> kind of another one is like a good bond me is not trash. <laughs> So this kind of shit like that. We're like, but if it's a good one, then that's not trash. Well, Betsy, you seem like pretty laid back, right? Thank you. <laughs> Every time I hang out with you, I'm like, she's so chill. But oh, thank you. Be honest. But let's be honest. Yeah. Are you anxious like the rest of us? I'm unbelievably anxious. I have a little OCD, which actually is really paying off in this pandemic because it was very, a lot of it was like germ related. And so when this hit, I was like, I'm f- I've been ready for <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I said the ready. same thing, Betsy. <laughs> I had, of course, I had jugs of of, of hand sanitizer stored. I of course, those, I did. I have those in my house all the time, anyways. <laughs> like I, I, and I've talked a lot about that in therapy. Of like, I'm, I've weirdly been calm for the most heightened thing that I could possibly be afraid of. And I've yes. weirdly been, I haven't, I, I've gone to one store and that was a spirit Halloween <laughs> this whole time. I haven't gone to a grocery store or anything. I was like, I'll risk it for spirit Halloween and get some to. funny clowns. I love to think of Betsy's like survival backpack for earthquakes as just being like half filled with like fake cobwebs and like a skeleton man. Like, Oh yeah. A DVD <laughs> of like her. Halloween resurrection and Halloween H2O and be like, this is necessary. <laughs> I need this. <laughs> no water, because I'll be afraid I'll have to pee somewhere nasty. Yes. <laughs> so, Betsy, did you know about Vlad the Impaler? How do you come across him? I've only a tiny bit. There's a Ghost Adventures, which I love that show. It's trash, <laughs> but I love trash. Um, where they go to Transylvania for a Halloween special and uh, they go to some castle or something, but they talk about Vlad, Vlad the uh-huh. Impaler, and they mention like Dracula, son of dragon. So that's kind of my only, um, that was kind of it. Of where I was like, oh, okay, so the dude Dracula was based off of him. I mean, I had no idea. Uh, I've been living my life thinking that vi- vampires are scary, where uh, Vlad the Third is the scary one, and he's legit, legit human. Horrible. No monster. Yeah. So let's start off by talking about impaling. Ooh. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I just so our, yeah. I Tell didn't, me. I didn't know. I didn't know. I thought it was just like kind poking? of stabbing and leaving it, it in there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. just like okay, stab, leave in. But I didn't realize it was like um, through a the whole, body, a whole process. Yes. So, uh, you know, impaling is a particularly gruesome form of torture and death. It's a, a wood or a metal pole is inserted through the body, either front to back or oh. vertically <laughs> through the rectum or vagina. <laughs> oh, my okay. God. The oh, exit. my God. <laughs> Why are you dancing, Amanda? Dan- Amanda's pumping yeah, up Amanda this like a yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get yeah. impaled. <laughs> I love impaling. I love it. No. That's the way I want to go. Okay. So the exit wound could be near the victim's neck, shoulder, or mouth. Oh. So full oh. body. The stake oh. would then be placed on the ground. So it, this is, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not on the ground yet. So they're putting it through the human and then they put it face down to let gravity, not face down, they put it on the ground so to let gravity do the rest of the work. That now, is terrifying. so fucked up. So, and if you're lucky, the stake hits oh. a vital organ once it enters and you die immediately. That's if you're lucky. Now, if you're unlucky, it takes hours or days before you succumb to death. And it was said that the larger stakes were used, the higher the social rank. So victims range from war enemies to local nobilities (laughs) to peasants. So anyway. (laughs) And like, imagine being like a peasant, you're getting impaled, and then you look over and like, Somebody fancier has a bigger stick, and you're like, "What the fuck, man? <laughs> Come on! Why do? Why are we even distinguishing this in death? Like, oh come on, you gotta make assholes! Me feel bad among yeah. all the other things you're making me feel right now. I mean, like, I've always been shit on my whole life, and now even when you're paling me, you're still giving me one more like, just fuck you. It's kind of like a a little form of or first social media of like, ah, oh, oh man, I don't have as many followers because my stick is smaller. <laughs> uh, we're, we're not even verified over here. We are. Uh, yeah, we're not verified. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Mine is man. a toothpick. Mine is a toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> it's disgusting oh. it's that terrible. they would like take the time to figure it out to be even worse with the thing of like we'll let gravity then play a part like where it's like oh just pick just just shove a thing in them that's enough <laughs> but they're like no we gotta really make their whole body <laughs> fall down it so this is, you know, classic, <laughs> so classic gross. Middle Ages, classic oh. Middle Ages. Oof, um, nasty. But I think first, before we even get into that, we need to talk about the, lo- we need to put up on the board location. Now, you're like, why? Why are we, why are we starting with location, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Wallachia is literally historically situated on the, in the, like at the crossroads of where these two civilizations strategically are constantly fighting for power. So it's just like, you know how they, when you're buying a house, you're like location, 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 you know, that's the most important thing. I've never bought a house, so I don't know. (laughs) Does it feel cool? 
Well, when you're watching House Hunters, you know how we're talking. Now we're talking. International's my favorite. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so what's what's tough about this location is that the the ruler has to kind of be in a in a diplomatic position between the Ottomans and the Hungarians who are constantly fighting each other for control. And if you show too much allegiance to one side, then they put themselves in a position where they could be seized by the other side and then a a new ruler would be put in place. I mean, Um, yeah, being born right into a place where it's already there's so much turmoil all the time. We still see that. That's not particularly middle age style. You know, Mm-mm. it's it's current style. All right. What else you got, <laughs> honestly? Because okay. Okay, I'm, okay, not, okay. I'm not getting right. from so- <laughs> being in a bad land area to shoving huge sticks up the, your enemy's asses until. The- okay. Well, I'm, it's it's a good segue, Chris. Now I want to put up childhood trauma. Boom. Classic. Classic. Boom. <laughs> so his father, Vlad the Second. Um, he takes him, he has to, was trying to please local leaders who wanted him to fight the Turkish, but at the same time, he was trying to appease the Turkish enough so that they wouldn't dethrone him, which wasn't an easy, easy task. So after the Sultan Murad II finds out that, that Vlad II has double-crossed him by allowing Turkish soldiers to be slaughtered by crusaders in Wallachian soil, the Sultan comes him over for a meeting and essentially captures him and punishes him uh, by imprisoning him and then taking his two sons hostage, Vlad III being one of them. So Vlad, his dad, is returned to power, but the kids stay in at the Ottoman court. As hostages. Yes, which is apparently a very common practice at the time. Well, it's kind of like Game (laughs) of Thrones, like Theon Greyjoy. Yes. Very Game of Thrones vibes going on all, here. I'm sure that this, I, I wouldn't, I, I would bet that Game of Thrones was even inspired by this, by Vlad the, the second. Probably, and Vlad right? the third. See, yeah. I want to blame Vlad the, dad Vlad, dad Vlad. Vlad the dad. Dad Vlad. Dad Vlad. He did it all. <laughs> So let's put dad Vlad up there because we got to remember that these kids were, you know, Vlad was 11 or 12 when this happens to him. His brother is seven or eight and, you know, they're raised in the at the Ottoman court as like hostages. And of course, like they're sometimes tortured and imprisoned. But for the most part, they're let, you know, they're tutored. They, They go to school there. It's like a bad boarding school. Like what Paris Hilton is, is, well, I mean, no, let's. (laughs) Comparing Paris Hilton to Vlad the Impaler. (laughs) So should we put the Ottomans up there also because they're the ones who took them hostage? Absolutely. We do need to take, to put the Ottomans up there. And we'll, because they could have done the decent thing and been like, we don't want your kids. Well, they're not very decent people. I mean, at that time. Right, (laughs) right. So I think, you know, we do have to put Vlad himself up on the board. Yes, right. Right. We get in trouble sometimes for not putting the person that actually did the crime, but not this time. We're putting Vlad up on the board. Yeah. Right, because he could have been like, oh, I don't like doing this. I'd rather just like... Um, you know, ride horses and like make <laughs> baskets or whatever. Like he could have been that diplomatic leader. 
He could have been. And let me tell you, Betsy, <laughs> he really had an opportunity. So Vlad is, of course, he's captured as a young boy and he like holds this um, enmity towards the Ottomans, right? For everything they've done. And of course, yes. you know, the death of his father, even though the death of his father was someone else, but you know, it, it's, it's all related. Anyway, he gets to impaling and the thing about him is that he was actually an efficient ruler. I'm not going to say he was a good ruler, but he was oh. efficient. He actually eliminated the centuries-old feudal system in Wallachia. Of course, it was wow. to take away, you know, power from the aristocrats. But then what he did was he elevated the peasants to a higher social and government position and gave them the aristocrats' land. So the people, although they were scared of him, were also loyal to him because of this. But Whoa. So he really had an opportunity to be Vlad the Great if he had wanted to. But no. So <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't stop there. He had to take loyalty to the next level. So he was known to disguise himself and travel around the village spying and trying to root out anyone he thought was disloyal or lazy. And of course, so for these people, he'd set up a people's court where he would be the du the judge. <gasps> and then here's some stories about this, because I think you'll find them That's incredible. <laughs> so one story goes that he met a peasant whose clothes didn't fit him well. His shirt oh. was apparently too short. And so oh. he brings him to court and asks the man if he is married. The man says yes. And then Vlad proceeds to impale the man's wife and give him a new one. <laughs> because his clothes didn't fit him well? Yes, because he said his wife... short. Because his shirt was too short, and he said his wife should have uh, made him a bigger... Sh you know, his wife was lazy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm not kidding. These are the stories. What? There are more, Betsy. This is bonkers. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so another story has it that he found a woman who had committed adultery. And he had her impaled, as he does. Then he had her breast removed, chopped mm. off, and fed the breasts to the man he she had been adulterous with. <laughs> I wish everyone could see Betsy's face right now. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm like, sure what's the lesson here? Yeah, what, what is what's going lesson? on? I guess don't don't do it. But it, of course, the woman gets impaled. The guy just has to eat. <laughs> yeah, and then right. the dude's like. I'm I'm eating her dits, uh, whatever, man. Like, whoa. Well, he was particularly. Uh, he particularly had. Uh, he hated women. Essentially. Oh yeah, yeah he really. Right. Hated That's women. a pretty big medieval runner, <laughs> right? Um, just he wasn't women. <laughs> he wasn't like special in any way. He just was <laughs> yeah. like everyone else. <laughs> so here's another story, Betsy. Um, Should we put women on the board? No, Chris. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Bad idea. Bad, Bad idea. idea. <laughs> so another story goes that uh, a Romani man who was a traveling nomad, uh, not technically Valachian, he was traveling through the town and Vlad, who had a distate for Romanis, sentenced him with stealing, said he was stealing. The man then uh, you know, said, okay, you're going to get impaled because you stole. The man then <laughs> protested 
that death by impalement was against gypsy law. So Vlad agreed and then boiled him alive in a big <gasps> cauldron. Afterwards, it gets worse. <gasps> Afterward, he forced the man's tribe to eat his flesh. What? <laughs> I think what he's trying to get at here. Yes, please. <laughs> is to be, you know, he's, he's ruling with terror. He's trying to, uh, let's say, make a name for himself and uh, really uh, spread the message that he's not one to be messed with. Right. <laughs> he's really sick, though, because most people wouldn't be capable of that. So are we saying he's some sort of sadist, or what are you calling that, Rebecca? Because we should put that up on the board. Okay, so I did a little digging, uh, because I, 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 too, was curious. Like, what is this? And a big thing, uh, you know for me that pops out is that he wanted to, uh, you know, enact revenge against the Ottomans, against the people who, who crossed him, who, you know, uh, and there is an actual disorder for this, which I found. Um, it's called PTED and it's post-traumatic embitterment disorder. And it's a pathological reaction to drastic life events. The trigger is an extraordinary, though common, negative life event. For example, divorce, bere- bereavement, <laughs> dismissal, personal insult, or vilification. Or your dad leaving you as a hostage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. that, that could do <laughs> With, it. That could maybe do it. Whoa. So, you know, according to psycholo- psychology today, revenge is an action provoked provoked by a wrong, unlike other forms of aggression that acquire no provocation. Similarly, revenge and punishment are distinguished by motivation and goals. Revenge seeks to, uh, to have the transgressor suffer, while punishment looks to improve the transgressor's behavior or deter future bad behavior. Mm. Right? So it, there's, a, there's a difference here. Now, people tend to believe that retribution of some kind effectively releases the tension and anger that someone feels towards the transgressor and his action, um, and that payback helps to uh, assuage, take yeah. a, a, assuage these negative emo- emotions, supplementing them with positive ones. But studies show that while participants thought they, f- they would feel better after exacting revenge... The researchers found that very much the opposite. It wasn't just that punishing the transgressor didn't provide a release, but that, in fact, it made the participants focus on and uh, ruminate about both the transgressor and the transgression more. Mm. (gasps) Shocking. (laughs) The impaling just, uh, the more, you can see Vlad talking to a trusted advisor. You know, the more impaling I do, it just doesn't seem, more I want to impale. I just can't (laughs) seem to fill this void of impaling. And the guy just being like, just maybe bigger stick? I don't know. Like, keep doing it. Oh, that's a good idea. I don't know, maybe turn them them vertical and then they'll slowly slide down yeah that's great that's awesome let's do it can i try boiling and feeding them to someone there's a story that while he was imprisoned in hungary after the second reign between the third one he it was like a 14 year period he's in prison and he can't kill because he's in prison right Uh and so he took to catching mice 
and impaling them with little sticks. No. Oh, I swear God. God. Why would I lie? <laughs> oh, Why would I lie? <laughs> this guy is sick. Honestly, it's like his favorite pastime. Whoa. There's what something is that? <laughs> that is just in him. Right? Like a serial killer when you're like, oh, yeah, they would kill cats and stuff when they were little. It's like, that's what he's got. Well, this is what I think it is. And I think you're right. You're getting you're getting at something. And I think it's narcissism. So, again, going uh, psychology today says that uh, they uh, it was a true it was true enough that people high in forgiveness were low in vengefulness. But being unforgiven per se didn't predict vengefulness. The deciding factor? Narcissism. The people most hell-bent on revenge were both low in forgiveness and high in narcissistic traits. I've never heard of that, and I feel it explains a lot (laughs) of stuff that's happened. I agree. I agree. You know, because I was like, why is he just, th- th- this isn't normal trying to get back at someone and, and cr- like he literally impaled in at one point 20,000, over 20,000 people. <laughs> yeah. And That's didn't a he lot like of- sit down and like eat dinner in them? I think that was in the packet of like, yeah. And then he just like dined. In this, like, forest of impaled people. And it's like, what is happening, man? And it just wasn't satisfying. Nothing was satisfying because because the more you dwell on it, the more you're thinking about it. So if he's trying to get away from these daddy issues or this pain, this trauma, then all he's doing is revisiting every time he impales someone. I talk about that in therapy, where it's like, you gotta fucking move on. It's like, oh yeah, why am I just dwelling? Dwelling on this dumb shit. And it, yeah. And lucky for you, you're not into impaling. I'm not at all. I don't like blood. (laughs) I don't like guts. I don't need any of that in my life. (laughs) But this guy, he he does like it. And so So he's really putting his energy. Or can we put on the board narcissism and that uh, PTED? Yeah, those are definitely yes, going on the definitely. board. Definitely. Whoa. You did it. <laughs> Whoa, man. That's, that revenge thing is truly blowing my mind. I can't get the image of him doing mini impalings in, in his fucking prison cell. Like, what in it's the like world? Why would you hobby. torture him? It's just like a hobby. Like it just he's he's just like got a habit. He just can't kick it. He's like, ah, I just gotta impale. Like I'm yeah. just uh, I'll impale anything. He's got a lot of anger. There's a what? lot of anger there. So um, what else do we have, Rebecca? Because we're now, just doing a quick time check here. We are coming up on time to throw stuff up on the board. Okay. So I I think two more things. And uh, they come with stories. Ooh. Now of course. Of course, we got the the beef with the Turks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's complicated to explain, but he's king, Vlad's king, and the Ottomans, the Ottoman Sultan, who is uh, Mehmed, old buddy from court, you know, mm-hmm. um, he 
has a feeling that, you know, he wants to keep Vlad on his side, so he kind of tests him. And he sends these envoys to uh, collect tribute and to be like, hey, you owe us um, the, the money that you always pay us. Now, Vlad decides he was, he's going rogue. Like, he's like, I'm not going to pay it. So he, he tells these, so the, the envoys who are Ottoman, uh, they're Turkish, and they're Muslim, and he tells them to remove their hats. So the envoys say, no, we don't remove our hats. It's part of, you know, our religious belief. They don't remove their hats for anyone. And Vlad then responds by saying, oh, okay, then let, let me make sure that you uh, never remove them again. Oh. And he, <laughs> he orders his men to grab nails and he hammers the hats onto their skulls. Ooh. Oh, fuck? God. Uh, what? Like, uh, <laughs> he's like on his way to like. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com not for people with severe allergic reactions allergies to lidocaine or the proteins used in juvederm common side effects include injection site redness swelling pain tenderness firmness lumps bumps bruising discoloration or itching there's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities blindness stroke temporary scabs or scarring talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com Like, um, what's the word? I don't know how to describe it, but like almost like <laughs> funny, <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost <laughs> irony, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yes, of like he's on his way to like ir- ironic kills and ironic punishment or revenge, right? He's on his yes. way to that. So this, you know, this, what he does with these guys, it gets back to Mehmed, right? And he's not happy about it. And this is what kind of, this is what leads to the AKA 20,000 impaled people. Not that he, he was already impaling. So another thing I want to put up on the board, which is his relationship with his brother. Mm. Oh. Now, if you remember, his brother was with him in the Ottoman court and the the brother kind of takes to them. So he oh. learns, you know, he, he, he converts to Islam. They say that it's possible that he was uh, abused by Mehmed himself when they were kids. Oh, so probably. He, 
he took him on and uh, as a as a lover and vlad wait what like yes brother? wait who who <laughs> okay. took radu as a lover mehmed okay who oh. was okay. also okay. Okay, Mehmed. Yeah, so he's still in the court, and and I guess Mehmed is like, okay, now you're going to be king. But like Vlad, it, you know, obviously he do, he's not a sensitive guy, clearly. No. So he doesn't no. understand like abuse, right? <laughs> right. Um, right. He holds it against his brother that he like allowed t- himself to become Mehmed's lover, essentially. Whoa. So there's a bit of homophobia going on as well. Put it on the board. Wow. Um, okay, that's interesting. So it, it's basically like they were lovers, but also a lot of it was connected to the brother ingratiating himself with the Ottomans who were their captors, but also sort of their new families. So many layers for a this dude who's already so angry and revengeful. Whoa. And this is who he's you know, uh, putting all of his hate. Oh, well, he's putting his hate everywhere, but he yeah. really hates um, Mehmed. Yeah. Uh, the second. And he's with his brother. Yeah. Whoa. Complicated. Mm-hmm. Very complicated. So I know we're out of time, right, Amanda? Yeah, it's time to transition, but do you have anything, like anyone have anything they want to quickly throw up on the board? I, I feel like the mi- just general Middle Ages violence. Okay. Like yes. violence in the Middle Ages. Because it was just so like, yep, that's what we do. That's how we do everything is just be shitty and awful to pe- and just kill them immediately. Ooh, what an awful time to be alive. All right, guys, we're about to decide who's to blame for Vlad the Impaler. Is it location, location, location? Childhood trauma. Dad Vlad. The Ottomans and their sick boarding school for hostages. Murad II and Mehmed II, Ottoman rulers at the time. Vlad himself. Uh, PTED, post-traumatic embitterment disorder. Narcissism. Brother rivalry. Homophobia. Or the Middle Ages violence. So... Off the bat, um, it feels like all of them are to blame. But I, I guess we could take homophobia off because that is speculation. And he... Uh, Vlad I, could have been into sucking dicks, too. <laughs> this is, actually, this is true. Right? I feel that was... Yeah. And also, he did hate women a lot. Right. And Dracula is so erotic and, like, sort of pansexual. Oh. So I do feel like, yes. yeah, maybe that was just the kind of vibe there. Yeah. You're right. Uh, location, I guess we still have to maintain it. it. It's it was a part of it. Yeah. If he had if he had been born in I don't know. <laughs> I, I, no nowhere was safe in the Middle Jamaica. Ages, I guess. Jamaica. See, yeah, I feel like I feel and I know I I feel it's dad Vlad because then everything else on this list smushes together because of Vlad dad. Dad so, Vlad. Wow. So, yeah, that's interesting. So if, if that were the case, we would be taking childhood trauma and brotherly brother rivalry um, off the board. 
I mean, I feel those are from Dad Vlad. To me, Dad Vlad, like the dad is bad Vlad. (laughs) Bad Dad um, Vlad. He he was also like he got captured by the Ottomans and then killed. So it wasn't necessarily like he abandoned the kids. Like he got captured. Okay. Well, okay. So I, I agree with what we're saying here. I think that we take childhood trauma and dad Vlad and we leave the Ottomans because they are to blame for that. Um, and we also take off the, the rivalry because uh, the brotherly rivalry, because that was imposed by the Ottomans. And if we recall, oh. like he was a, he was a kid when his brother Radu, which side note was apparently very handsome. He was known as Radu the handsome. Ooh. Um, <laughs> Ooh, that's Shit. tough though, as the other brother. <laughs> and Vlad, yeah. I don't think was, uh, he, uh, you know, uh, he had teenage acne or something. <laughs> yeah, that's what I. <laughs> he didn't have good skin, um, so yeah, I think we can take that out because oh, what I was saying is that he was very young when he was taken hostage, and so whatever he did to make him uh, his brother mad or whatever, um, I, I just don't think we can blame him for it. Right. Right. And I kind of am thinking that childhood trauma, dad Vlad, brother rivalry can all be wrapped up into PTED because that is kind of all those things played into Vlad the Third's post-traumatic embitterment yes. disorder, yeah. right? And I, we should note that it's untreated PTED. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Right, okay. Because I'm sure if Vlad had had some help. <laughs> oh, if Vlad could talk about shit, <laughs> he would have had a good time. <laughs> But now it's like I feel now location, location, location is huge because that got the Ottomans there, which are now causing a lot of the shit. You're you're getting into my head, Betsy. true. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Which is just now causing all of that stuff. Right. And right. that if that's the case, then but, Murad and Mehmed are not to blame as much as the Ottomans because they came before. Right. But then now is it middle-aged violence, all of it to blame because it started everything? Or it was know, like, like, yeah, it was like the culture of the time. Right. Here's the thing. Other people were living in the Middle Ages, not impaling. True. Very true. <laughs> right? I, even though impale, it wasn't, he wasn't the only one doing impaling uh, at the time. Other people were also impaling, including the oh, Ottomans, I- which is where they think that he learned to impale. Okay. Okay. They're, they're it. They're it. <laughs> That's a really good point because they took this little hostage under their wing and they were like we're gonna teach you our ways and then cut to you know years later he's become the impaling yeah and using it like, against oh, them what, <laughs> what did, did we, we do, do teaching them that oh god <laughs> so i i feel like it's also like just a side note but like it's got to be really hard to earn a nickname as a king you only get one right it's like you're <laughs> right. widely recognized mm. for like one thing you're like Chris, the om- omelet lover, or whatever, like you just have the <laughs> That's one. That's what yours so- would be. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Chris, are you suggesting we should put personal branding up on the board? 
<laughs> no, I don't think so. I think what I was sort of suggesting was that he must have, like, you guys were sort of comparing it to, like, based on the average number of impalements that were happening in the Middle Ages, was Vlad any worse than anybody else? But, like, I guess I'm suggesting, like, because his nickname was Vlad the Impaler, like, it right. could have been so many other things. Right. The great, long the ba- His shanks, son was the bad. Yeah, right. Or whatever. The weak, like the coward, like whatever these kings <laughs> yeah. like are named. He was the impaler, which is so specific. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. Yes. And then he, it was so like, he's like, I guess this is my thing. So, you yeah, know, it's he, like on Instagram, how like I started posting oh. pictures of my cat and then I was like, I guess this is my thing. And so then <laughs> it's just like this self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> you're, you're not, you know, we're, we're joking, right? But it was PR <laughs> and it was marketing because yeah. he wanted to make people a afraid of him yes. I, w- I want to put personal branding up on the board yes i can think we put it up there <laughs> okay, put it up there i all actually think though we can roll um uh murad two and mechmed the second and location 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 into the ottomans okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah that makes I, I just sense. have to say for the record um the hungarians too like they had a lot to do with it. <laughs> they were no, also it. doing bad things. They weren't right. just hanging out, no. skateboarding, and no, no, no. <laughs> they were they were the cause flip. of of all this like <laughs> warfare and bloodshed, especially in Valachia. So, you know, the they don't go without. Totally fair, right? Fair. Right. Okay, so we have to send someone to jail, and we have the big slap. So let's narrow this down. Okay, I think I can take Middle Ages violence off because for some reason I'm now thinking that branding, like like that kind of folds into personal branding, right? Because it's such a scary time to live that you have to become the impaler in order to survive. To get people's attention. To get people's attention. So that's, we can take that off. Now, just so people know, we have the Ottomans, uh, Vlad himself, untreated PTED, narcissism, and personal branding. Do we think that I think we can actually take untreated PTED off and leave narcissism on? Right. Because are you right. saying because the the PTED may not have become so deadly if it weren't for the narcissism? Yes, because okay. there are you know that is something. There that are other ways have. to get revenge. You know, you can right. put. Now, it's um, not healthy, but yeah, right. It doesn't have to be like so extreme. You can take the cap yeah. off their salt. You know, shaker. <laughs> people hate that. People, people fucking hate that, man. It ruined your <laughs> omelets all the ruined time. The omelets. Uh, oh, my omelet. <laughs> Chris, more like Chris, the omelet, uh, omelet ruiner. Ruiner, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean the Ottomans, man. I, I'm with you, Betsy. I'm narrowing in on the Ottomans, but then we also have to address Vlad himself. Yes. So I think yeah. there's, those two areas are right, but let's just narrow this down. I think we can take narcissism off because also that folds into personal branding. It's like, you know, why are yeah. uh, there's something there? I do we are it's gonna, it's gonna I mean really there's no way we can let Vlad get away with yeah. this, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> Cause that, and that's the thing, like, okay, let's think about would Vlad have been like this if um, if his dad never got caught, captured, 
would he still though have been like, oh, well, I'm going to be a ruler sometime and I got to be a piece of shit while I do it. <laughs> like, do you think mm. that's still in his? I think so. When you I said the too. thing about him impaling the mice, it's like this guy's compulsive. I, I get it. I, he definitely, he, he very, he very much strayed. He very much strayed. But that's, I ge- that's generous. <laughs> <laughs> strayed from the path of the chosen people. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, call me uh, whatever you want to call me. But like, I wonder if he hadn't been a product of this royal family and, and, and all of the trauma that came along with, with being born a royal at the time in this bad location to be a royal particularly yeah, bad. bad location come on reebs i'm not buying <laughs> I mean, listen, this rebecca you're the boss so what do you think of that, <laughs> yeah. that i i'm sorry i got we gotta give we gotta send vlad to to jail i mean have we to. have to and gotta. i i as much as i do want to send personal I, I do hate like personal branding you know it's, it's tough <laughs> It's tough, especially in the age of TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, I think here's what I think. I think we send Vlad to jail. We uh, we give the Ottomans the big slap. Yeah. And the Ottoman Empire, the big slap. And we give our listeners a warning and say (laughs) (laughs) about the dangers of personal branding. (laughs) Right. Okay. Call it. Okay. Ottoman Empire, you're getting the big slap. Vlad the Impaler, you're going to the alarmist jail. And everyone, please, please let this be a a message. Do not do personal branding. Do it with caution if you're going to do it. I guess, you know, I have, I guess I'm making alarmism my own brand. But you know what? I can live with that because it's just it's it, it feels normal and I it's something I can I can do easily. Okay, Betsy, yeah. what's your brand? I guess like uh eating bad stuff. <laughs> Doing bad stuff to <laughs> myself. <laughs> so Betsy the how about Betsy yeah, the bad Betsy the bad I like (laughs) I'm doing not good stuff to myself a lot she's not Betsy the bad for reasons you think she's the bad (laughs) cool (laughs) well Betsy thank you so much for joining us today and helping us figure out who's to blame for Vlad the Impaler Oh, thank you for having me. That was fun. And I learned a lot of really fucked up shit (laughs) that I can't wait to, like, talk about all the time. (laughs) After Vlad the Impaler's death, some modern-day Romanians don't see Vlad as a villain, but as a hero who bravely fought against corruption imposed by the local nobility and who stopped the Ottomans from further encroaching on Christian Europe. The Middle Ages were notoriously violent, and the name of Vlad III Dracula may have been a mere historical footnote, were it not for an 1820 book by the British consul to Wallachia. William Wilkinson wrote, an account of the principalities of Wallachia and Moldavia, with various political observations relating to them. Wilkinson delves into the history of the region, mentioning the notorious warlord Vlad Tepes, or Vlad Dracula. 
Stoker, who never visited Vlad's homeland, was nonetheless known to have read Wilkinson's book, and if ever there was a historical figure to inspire a bloodthirsty, monstrous, fictional character, Vlad III Dracula was one. Instagram or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in for next week's live show. We'll be discussing who's to blame for the notorious serial killer, Ed Gein. Yes.